This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. Otago Access Radio, in partnership with Otago Polytech, brings you Blowing Bubbles. Blowing Bubbles brings you positive conversations with people in their bubbles around the world. How are people living their bubble lives? Working from home, keeping kids entertained and staying connected and getting exercise. And how are these things presenting us with the opportunities to find new ways of living? Every weekday, the Sustainable Lens team of Samuel Mann, Shan Gallagher and Mara Karatai reach out from their bubbles to chat with interesting and positive people around the world. Broadcast on Otago Access Radio 105.4 FM and streamed and podcast on oar.org.nz and sustainablelens.org. Bringing connection, joy, kindness and peace in the days ahead. Welcome to Blowing Bubbles, positive conversations with people in their bubbles, their safe spaces around the world. I'm Samuel Mann in Sawyer's Bay, Dunedin, and I am joined from Fakatani by Mawera Karatai. Kia ora, Mawera. Kia ora, Sam. How's it going? It's going very well indeed. The sun is out. All is good with the world. Yeah, that's how I feel too. I've just been outside in my garden and watching the chooks and playing with the dog, and there's not a lot to complain about really, is there? There is not. And who are we introducing today? It is my great pleasure to reintroduce someone who's been on the show before, Tamati Coffey, who is an MP for the New Zealand Labour Party. Uh, He is based in the Wairiki electorate. He is a very important person in our community and a very dear friend in mine and Jack's life. Welcome, Tamati. It's so nice to have you back on the show and for the best possible reason too. I know. Um, thank you for having me, uh, both of you. And yes, the sun is shining. It's a it's a beautiful day, and there is lots to be grateful for. And uh, we will continue to be grateful as long as we get our vaccination rates up. So uh, I'm just going to do a quick plug in here and say that if you haven't yet had your vaccine and you haven't listened and you think that you might want to get out there, uh, go out and do it. Um, I'm looking forward to returning to some kind of normality. Um, I look forward to getting on an international flight one day and travel like like back in the olden days um and uh, and if you know the difference is uh, somebody that might be listening to this right now and uh, and them choosing to go and get their vaccination rate so that we can get back to that normality uh, then I'll, I'll take this opportunity to shamelessly plug uh, our COVID 19 battle that's a good thing to shamelessly plug where are you i'm sitting in my office in wellington uh, and it's uh, it is actually you're talking about bubbles before this is bubbles we're having bubbles within the bigger bubbles here in parliament so even though we're physically here and there's business going on in the house uh, the sixth speech in the third reading of the uh, water services bill is currently uh, going through and that's had lots of um, uh, lots of lots of corridor about the three waters reform and how that's rolling out around the country that's currently on track for its third reading today. So uh, things are very much in motion. Councils have been heard, consultations been done, uh, but we're moving forward. Is it kind of weird being back in a place that you're used to, but having to do it quite differently? Yeah, yeah, even even simple things like just, you know, nipping up the corridor to go to the low. And actually, you know, rules are that you take your mask with you and, you know, and it's only just up there. And even when you see your colleagues, you know, when you go to the um, uh, to the cafe here in Parliament, usually you just rock up and there's big groups of everybody. But because of the restrictions, they've spaced, they've spaced everything out and everyone's wearing masks and the speaker's lurking around the place just to make sure that everybody's obeying the rules. Uh, so, yeah, we're in a bit of a, um, a police state in here as well. 
How long have you been back? Uh, last week, actually, I, I flew back for the first time in quite some time. Uh, we had, you know, the, the lockdown and I stayed at home and uh, very happy to have time at home. Uh, when you've got a two-year-old, uh, it can be frustrating and pleasant in equal measure. Um, but actually, we seized the opportunity just to hang out with our little two-year-old. And uh, I, I had the ambitious goal of trying to teach him to be potty trained. Uh, turns out it takes a little longer than just a few weeks at home. Um, but we're, we get, we're getting there. We're on a journey. So, and in a segue, but maybe not a very big segue from there to the select committee. Did, were you running your select committee un, in COVID under the, and, uh, from distance? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm a big fan of online. Uh, I think that the, uh, the world is only a, a login away uh, from being connected. And we as MPs who live in all different parts of the country, uh, we're expected to come here quite a bit, actually. Uh, for quite a few things that I believe could actually be done online. Uh, so I know that there's been a lot of stuff that's been going online. Uh, select committee meetings have been one thing. We haven't yet managed to do uh, house sittings, the debating chamber online. Uh, that's probably, that's the, the next frontier, I think. Uh, but for now, we've become quite familiar with connecting into our communities uh, online. There's still absolutely a place for face-to-face -face and for hugging and touching you know, friends and and Fano, but uh, but actually, in terms of the the bulk of our work, a, a lot of it's been done online. We did 15 days of um, of non-stop hearings, really, about the environment um, planning changes that are coming up, the reforms that we're doing to the RMA, uh, and we managed to do 15 days of select committee hearings, uh, zooming into people in their lounges, at their libraries, at their offices, wherever they happen to be presenting in from. I'm a big fan of online, and I think we could actually frame it up in such a way that we're saving the taxpayer lots of money uh, when we don't actually need to, uh, you know, burn up our emissions getting to Wellington um, uh, every week. So, yeah, hopefully there's more change in that area. And I would imagine it would be a bit of an equaliser, actually doing some promoting some democracy, perhaps, because people aren't having to turn up to big, scary Wellington and sit around in a room that's very uncomfortable. Everybody's... Everybody's at home in their kitchen. Yeah. And it's actually really, really funny seeing that too. Uh, people chiming in from their bedroom and you get to have a little nosy around their bedroom and see, <laughs> you know, what's hanging on the wall, what the artwork is. I can see Marwood's piano in the background. I can see that you haven't, you need to clean up your bookshelf behind you, Sam. It's, you know, um, all of that kind of stuff. It's quite, it's actually, I, I get a little bit of a kick out of it and I, I share some laughs with some friends just having a nosy around people's houses which range from uh, modest uh, to grandiose and I believe that uh, we don't need to settle for those kinds of backgrounds anymore. We can choose our own background and, uh, and, and, and have fun with all of the kind of effects that you've got now um, on Facebook, on Facebook, on Messenger, on Zoom, all of that. Let's go straight to the first of your music choices. Let's have Anika Moa. You are my sunshine. Why this one? <clears throat> well, the cope upper of our quarter today was around, you know, my surrogacy bill being uh, drawn out of the tin. And, uh, you know, the surrogacy bill itself is all about, it's all about family. It's all about growing families and giving people the opportunity to start their own families uh, and making sure that our laws are lined up to that. So uh, for me, I've gone through that process. I've learnt that um, Nika Moore has got an album called Songs for Bubbers. Uh, I've learnt that my bubba really likes some of the songs on there. And of all of the songs, uh, I thought that I'd pick this one 
uh, just to just save time. You are my sunshine, my only sunshine. You make me happy when skies are grey. You never know, dear, how much I love you. Please don't take my sunshine away when I watch you sleep. weeks ago you posted that your bill had been drawn from the biscuit tin not even longer just a few days ago on thursday last week um yep it was drawn out of the biscuit tin uh which is like winning lotto if you're a backbench mp here in parliament it's exactly the same as winning lotto to the point where i'd actually stopped going down to see the draws happen because like a lotto like a despondent lotto ticket holder after the draw has spun and you're not the winner you know, there's that disappointment that reigns over. So I just decided I'm not going to go and watch it anymore. One day, if my bill if my bill gets pulled out of the box, I'll get a nice little message on my phone, and somebody will tell me. Uh, so uh, that said, I wasn't there for the actual drawing of it, but yes, it got drew out. My EA messaged me saying, uh, and it was all in caps. You know, you, when when you get those text messages that are all in caps, you you sit up and take a look, and it said your bills. I think there was a swear word in there, but it, essentially it said. Uh, your bill has been pulled, and uh, I actually ran outside and 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 did a little happy dance. Um, but because half of the uh, uh, MPs that I share this floor with are all still in lockdown in Auckland, there was nobody else to share the news with. So um, uh, so I did a happy dance and I came back and sat down and got back on with my work. Uh, but yeah, it was a great thing. Bill got pulled. Awesome. Do you have to sit there with your press releases ready? Well, you'd think so. 
because it is a lotto draw and you're in there with um, many, many, many other MPs, uh, and I'll, I'll throw this in as well. Uh, the Speaker of the House, Trevor Mallard, the Right Honourable Trevor Mallard, has been here for, I think, since Parliament began, uh, and he has never had a bill pulled out of the biscuits and never. And he tells that story quite openly. And I think that helps to temper your, um, you know, your expectations. And so it definitely did for mine. So I had not, I didn't have a press release ready to go, um, but I, I've, I've canvassed the issue enough. Uh, that it actually didn't take me long to whip some stuff up and send some lines out, uh, just sharing my joy, but also sharing about what exactly the bill was. So what is it? Mm. It is a, uh, a piece of legislation that's designed to improve uh, the arrangements uh, for those people that are going through surrogacy um, situations. So uh, whether or not you're an intending parent, uh, and recently, just on Sunday night, there was a story on Sunday uh, by Tony Street talking about her surrogacy journey and the fact that she was unable to have uh, another child and she looked to a friend who said, yep, yeah, I'll carry for you. Uh, well, <clears throat> that's fine for them to make a decision, but actually um, there's a legality that has to happen there too. And they're governed by the laws that currently manage this because the idea of making a baby in a laboratory um, naturally has to have a few belts and braces around it as Kiwis would expect them to. Uh, and that's what we currently have in place. So uh, this is about making sure that families can go through the process, uh, intending parents, uh, surrogates, uh, donors, and and that everybody's mana is kept intact. So at the moment, <clears throat> you have to go through uh, through the court system, uh, through an Oranga Tamariki system. Uh, they poke you and prod you and make you fill out forms uh, to be able to <clears throat> uh, embark on a surrogacy journey. You also, as we did, we went through a fertility clinic, which also means an application has to go to uh, to the fertility to, to the ethics committee of New Zealand, a panel that sit there, and they sit six times a year, and they are given the job of looking through all of those various applications and deciding which ones have merit and which ones have concern, uh, and that has to be uh, ticked off by lawyers and counsellors and doctors uh, in the process. So it's a really, really long lengthy process if anybody wants to get into it it can actually be the thing that tips that is the tipping point and makes people go it's a little bit too hard it's hard it's expensive it's drawn out actually either they say we won't do it or they say we're actually just going to bypass this and we're just going to give it our best and we're going to go home with our friend and we're going to take a turkey baster with us and we're going to just hope for hope for the best and and what we've found is that sometimes that works, but actually sometimes it doesn't as well. Uh, sometimes there's big complications in there. You know, these are real humans that you're talking about, making a real human. Uh, and when you're doing it uh, in that kind of way, it can be fraught with emotion and also some danger too. So, you know, there's different ways that people make babies and bring them into this world over and above the, you know, boy meets girl kind of way. And, you know, we just need to make sure that our laws fit for purpose. So my bill looks to streamline uh, some of the processes that intending parents have to go through. Um, my bill also talks about a register uh, so that we can, uh, we can find each other. Those people that want to go through these arrangements have to find each other on Facebook rooms or chat rooms or, you know, written on a poster somewhere, some, somehow. Uh, and they have to call the phone number and make these kind of cold calls to people about, you know, 
in the future carrying their children. It's a really humbling process. So I want the Ministry of Health to actually um, to have a register. I want them to look through it and, and, and to monitor it and bring it out of the shadows and into uh, somewhere reputable and credible like the ministry. Um, but I also want, uh, I want surrogates to be able to be uh, compensated for any of the expenses that they incur through the process because surrogates do. Um, and if there are complications, sometimes surrogates are actually left out of pocket through this because it, the way the, the law currently stands, it says that um, they're allowed valuable consideration uh, for their troubles. Um, so they're not allowed a lump sum payment. And at the moment, they're also not allowed expenses that they might incur. They're allowed valuable consideration, which is also up for interpretation. It's a little bit gray. Uh, some people take the liberty. Some people uh, just, you know, just actually back away from it and shy away from it. So it's a completely altruistic exchange. But, you know, my thing again, I said at the start, I want this to be a manner enhancing process. I don't think the surrogate should be left out of pocket for this. So if they incur expenses, uh, then actually that should be something that should be up for a discussion with the intending parents. And there's plenty of intending parents that are up for that. You know, whilst they don't want to hand over a lump sum payment to a surrogate, they're actually okay with paying for um, doctor's bills, lawyer's bills, maybe the lawnmower man, if the lawnmower man needs to go around and do the lawns because mum can't anymore when she's nine months pregnant. You know, again, she shouldn't be left out of pocket for this. Uh, actually, there should be some kind of mechanism in the law to say, well, actually, if you need the lawnmower man to go around, and you consider that an appropriate expense, uh, then actually the intending parents can pay for that too. So bringing that conversation out of the dark as well. So what happens now? Uh, so now uh, we embark on a process and normal uh, timeframes for bills to go through the house uh, is about six to eight months. And that involves a whole lot of consultation. Obviously New Zealanders need to come on the journey. Uh, my inbox is filling up with people asking lots of specific questions about the bill. Uh, that'll have its first reading uh, probably late next month, if not early the following month in November. Uh, we'll call for submissions. We'll ask the public to put in their views and what they think, uh, and you get all manner of views uh, through that process. The select committee will give a report back to the House. Uh, then it goes through the first reading, the, the, sorry, the second reading, the third reading, and sometimes that can take a bit of time in between readings as well. Uh, but in eight months, uh, Considering we've got um, uh, we've got Christmas and New Year's in the middle, it would probably be nine months. Uh, but actually, in about nine months' time, uh, we should see uh, we should be around the time that we're having the third reading in the house and ready to change the law on this. So um, that's the process. That's how people can get involved, and uh, uh, and probably just another acknowledgement that if people just want to contact me directly uh, to ask questions or to uh, advocate for something that maybe I'm missing out on. Uh, then feel free to get in touch with me on Facebook, on the email, pick up the phone and call 0800 Tamati, and, um, and you can get in touch and share your concerns. And I'll just take this opportunity to say that there are this many issues in the world of surrogacy uh, that people around New Zealand would like us to solve. My bill deals with a small part of it. And, uh, and the, fortunately, the Law Commission at the moment are taking submissions because they, they've been charged by the government to do a bit of a deep dive into the world of surrogacy and look at all manner of areas that people are concerned about. So uh, if you want to have a look at that, uh, go online to New Zealand Law Commission, have a look for their surrogacy um, work, and, uh, and you can have a look at kind of a briefing paper, things that they think 
uh, they've gone out and done consultation, things that they think are important and they're seeking feedback on as well. On top of that, there's also the wider work that's being done by the Ministry of Justice into wider adoption reform around New Zealand and what that looks like. And surrogacy forms a part of that as well. So um, those submissions have closed uh, and we'll be expecting the, uh, the Ministry to report back on, on its findings into reform of the adoption uh, process in New Zealand. And that's, a, that's got a history of its own. You know, once upon a time, Adoption was all about just making a really clean cut and making sure that, you know, the child was cut off from uh, the biological parents, from their culture, from everything. And, uh, uh, and New, Zealand's, uh, New Zealand's operated largely that way for a very long time now. Uh, it's overdue for reform in that area. And you just need to watch an episode of Lost and Found uh, by David Lomas on TV. And you can see the strain and the pain and the heartache uh, that young people have been, uh, who have been separated uh, from their worlds, really, uh, the heartache that they go through. So I'm looking forward to seeing what the ministry's work is on that. I'm looking forward to tracking the Law Commission's work as well. Uh, but I'm going to be having an edge and trying to, uh, trying to get in some changes via my member's bill through the select committee process as well. Tell me about the process. Do you... When you have this idea to to write this thing, to have the bill, do you actually write it, or, or do you have these ideas that you take to somebody who says, I, I'll, "I'll sculpt yeah. that into an actual bill for you"? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There are a lot of people in this building that are much brainier than me, and so they are allowed the opportunity uh, to go away after we say, "Here's a great idea," because obviously everyone's got a great idea. There's 120 MPs in this place with a great idea. And so uh, you've got to go to uh, other people in this building uh, to help you craft it into, uh, into legislation, to pick the wording. Uh, you have parliamentary council that help to, uh, help to select the right wording uh, for each thing, because obviously uh, legal terms are there, you know, have a life of their own. And if you write the wrong thing in at the wrong time, then it could mean all these things and people end up in court fighting over what it actually meant. Uh, so, yeah, there's a lot of support around around here to be able to draft up legislation. Uh, but this one, and I, and I will give her a shout out, uh, my colleague, Louisa Wall, uh, she was the one that uh, followed me through my surrogacy process. And uh, uh, when the time came, she actually did the initial uh, work on this, drafting it up. Uh, and then we worked on it together. And actually, we decided that it was my uh, name that should go on it, because having gone through the process, I was... Uh, best place to actually, with my lived experience, um, usher this through the house. And fortunately, I'm going to get that opportunity to. So I just wanted to acknowledge Lewis on that. Bubble Sprite of the Forest of Orokanui, Dunedin's favourite goddess, Tahu Mackenzie. Kia ora koutou, I hope you're all having the best day, beautiful superstars and your beloved universes. I really hope, wherever you are, whatever's happening around you this journey that we're all on together is proving to be very rewarding very sustaining and illuminating for you more and more each day who you are the triumph of nature's art perfect unique and here making things better thank you now i know that for all of us the last more than a year has been so challenging and i'm so grateful for this time with you and for this wonderful show so inspiring to hear everybody's story 
and this process of Raraka Kōrero and interweaving all our stories is so important to us as a species and indeed all species take part in this their own living stories coming together every day and at the moment I'm really enjoying looking out my window and seeing the sunrise and the sky change colour and the clouds coalesce and move apart and fly across the sky tell their own story and we're so lucky that the living world the natural world the real world is always there sharing so much with us and this is the realm from which we have always drawn meaning of course the world that we live in now has so many different aspects to it and this is partly due to our innate skills as a species to create that we are constantly inspired to bring the new into the world and this has given rise to the whole construct of the human world that the living world underpins and is the foundation of it's wonderful to hear about the mahi of tamati coffee and his great work to streamline the surrogacy process so that all of those who want to be able to bring new life into the world are able to do this more easily and with more support of course for all of us we would love to be able to bring about the reality that we hold dear in our heart the envisioned future we would love for that to be given life and energy but this can't always happen in the way that we would ideally like or that we plan for so having systems in place in the human world to support these visions to come into being in alternate ways is so crucial and so important. So thank you for all your hard work making this dream come true for so many people. And of course when new life comes into the world, new gifts come too. And I know for me, I'd love to have, you know, at least 50 trillion offspring. But I certainly want the conditions to be right for them. And having work like this in our community means those conditions are more possible for more people. So I'm so grateful. And of course, every day as the sun rises and the darkness gives way to the light, so many colours and patterns are moved through. And of course, this is what's happening for us now on a larger scale, on a bigger picture. We're moving more and more to a space of illumination and brightness and hope. And I look forward to talking to you all again soon. Thanks so much. Hope you have the best day. Kagite. You're listening to Blowing Bubbles. We're talking with Tamati Coffee. Tamati, this is a really, um, it's a really serious topic. And there, there are going to be people who understand it and support it, and there are going to be people who will apply their belief systems to it and will reject it and fight against it. How do you deal with all of that? Because you're, you're so invested in this. This is not just about a piece of paper. This is about your whole life. How do you deal with that? In this job, you realize that everybody's got an opinion and everybody's got a point of view and uh, uh, and whilst you might disagree with some people on the way that they see things <clears throat> i tend not to lump people into the same category 
because sometimes there's nuances of opposition and sometimes in that opposition there might actually be something uh, that could be addressed or or dealt with and so i can only think that as i go through this process if there are people that object uh, and 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 say and say things uh, that maybe i don't like then that's one thing but if they say things that i don't like and they challenge me to think about things in a different way think about a word or a concept or anything like that and actually that's a good thing uh, because it actually strengthens the uh, the robustness of the pathway to get to you know law change and it actually if we get it really right then it actually it could be a piece of law that could be in place for a very long time and that's the goal right you don't want to put through laws that actually two years later the incoming government whoever they are knowing that we're on three-year time cycles around here um, the incoming government just changes and says hey we thought that was great we're changing it all they biff it out and they come up with their own ideas bills that stand the test of time uh, usually have gone through a really robust process and have managed to find lots of middle ground on areas of real concern and so let it only be um, you know time uh, that necessitates the reasons for change as opposed to just a shoddy um, quick fire bill uh, that was deaf to any kind of opposition uh, in the process so that's that's how I deal with that kind of stuff and that's how I um, that's probably the the way that I'm going to deal with this it's pretty cool that you've crafted a piece of legislation that's actually going to lead to the production of new humans and new families. <laughs> That's a pretty epic contribution, Tamati. <laughs> and <clears throat> this is why I'm here. Um, <clears throat> I've I've always um, I've always thought that it's so easy uh, if you're in a if you're in a straight relationship to uh, just make a baby. Um, but what about all those people that, you know, our gay community and having having their own kids is actually, this is a new frontier uh, for the community uh, in terms of, uh, you know, straight couples like Tony and, and her partner, Matt, who wanted to create a baby. Um, you know, they, they just realized that the surrogacy process is outdated. They went through it themselves. They've done lots of media talking about uh, its flaws. Uh, they want to change in this area too. Um, but you're right, Marwita, this is, this is fundamentally about making families, you know, and there is nothing cooler and more um, more primal, I guess, than the 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 need and the want for those people that want to, because there's plenty of people that don't, and I acknowledge them. Uh, but for those people that want to have families, to be able to, and to not have the law stand in their way, and we only need to think, especially for the gay community, wasn't that long that you couldn't even get married. And here we are, um, you know, uh, we're, we're actually leading this feeling that's going on in, in New Zealand, Aotearoa at the moment, where actually our community are uh, that, that kind of, we're coming up, we're coming up, you know, we're, we're getting what we deserve as good tax-paying, law-abiding citizens, which is just equality through our system. And there's still more, more work to do in this space, but actually, you know, I feel pretty proud about how far we've come in quite a short time um, and uh, and inspired about the road ahead, which is going to be led by 
you know, other young whippersnappers out there, they'll get their opportunity to, you know, to boot me out of my seat and come in here and bang the table and, and make some changes and make some new laws. Uh, that'll be their opportunity too. But I feel pretty good that uh, for the time that I'm here, uh, that I'll be able to do something to make some meaningful difference to, uh, to the ability for families to be able to become families uh, here in Aotearoa. Um, Tamati, over the, since you've become the chair of the select committee, of the Māori Affairs Select Committee, um, I, I know I've made a couple of submissions and I've watched a lot of um, sittings of the committee. And the thing that continues to amaze me is the level of racism and, um, and real overt hatred towards all things Māori in our community. And I see you sit there and just take all of that in and not send it back out. And I, I just wondered, does it wear you down? Like anyone who's watched you is in awe of the way you deal with that. And how do you deal with that? Mm. Um, <clears throat> you, you understand that not everybody thinks the way that you do. And you understand that, uh, that actually my job in that role is to actually just listen, uh, is not to respond. I don't have to react. Uh, I don't have to shout. I don't have to do any of that stuff. I just have to listen. And that's what our job is as MPs, is to listen to people's points of views and to see if there's actually something in there over and above sometimes the overt racism that goes on. Um, but I, I actually, I have, I have real faith for um, the proportions of people that think like that. Um, I think that actually we've come a long way as a country uh, and we think back to, you know, it was the 70s when the Waitangi Tribunal was set up. That was the first time that we challenged, you know, as Māori, uh, we challenged the system and said, actually, you guys haven't done well. This is a treaty. It still stands. Um, we've got rights and, and we've been on a journey as a country for, albeit a while now, you know, it's 50 odd years since, nearly 50 years since then. Um, but actually, we've been on a real journey, and it gives me hope that, <clears throat> you know, when I see the leader of the opposition uh, almost race baiting about things to do with issues that are Maori, and it not getting enough traction for her to backpedal and start picking on something else, that's when I start going, oh, that must be reflected in the polling that they're doing too, and actually. That's a really good sign because, you know, when the whole debate about whether or not the government were going to be implementing he pūpua and implementing all of these extreme radical Māori things, it never got any legs. And why didn't it get any legs? I believe that it's because actually New Zealand's turned a page and we've had a generational shift in our country where people go, actually, Māori were really hard done by and we've got to abide by that agreement and we've got to show a bit more um show a bit more courage when it comes to partnerships uh in central government and local government and decision making and so for that reason when i hear those kinds of voices on the committee uh that are overtly racist i think cool you're still alive you're you're kind of still around um and that's okay you know but actually i'm i'm hearing a lot more voices that are going hey just keep going, keep doing your thing, we're behind you. And we've got this whole 
um, generation of tangata tiriti out there now who are who are there they're standing behind us they're showing up to the protest at Ihumatao. they're they're presenting to our select committee as academics and leaders in their fields going this is wrong and this is why i think it's wrong so you start hearing that kind of collaboration and that level of um, contribution from non-maori out there in our community and it gives me hope and it's that hope that you know enables me to carry on listening to the racists um, fielding those um, those emails that come in that I think get out of my inbox. Um, it, it's that stuff that actually gives me hope. Talking of hope and generational shift, let's squeeze in the second of your music choices: Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young. Teach your children. Why this one? Oh, this is um, one of those songs that Dad used to listen to uh, growing up, and uh, and it played and. Uh, and I love harmonies. I love good music. I love good harmonies. I love catchy songs, and um, and I love I love a good message as well. And in this song, there's a really really beautiful message, and it backs the message that uh, Fina Cooper said so many years ago when she said, um, "Look after our children. Look after what they see. Look after what they hear, because they will grow and be the future of our country." <laughs> Must have a code that you can live by, and so become yourself. Because the past is just a goodbye. Teach your children well, their father's hell did slowly go by and feed them on your dreams the one they picked the one you know by don't you ever ask them why if they told you you would cry so just look at them and sigh Look at them and sigh And know they love you 
Carmody, I have some questions to end the show with, and not very much time, and you've had them before, so we're going to do a quick-fire version of them. Okay, I'm ready. What's the biggest success you've had in the last couple of years? Oh, ah, oh, we had a baby. We had a baby. We're a gay couple in modern-day New Zealand uh, that had a baby. That's pretty cool. What's your superpower? Ooh. <clears throat> Observation. I love watching people. Uh, and I think that, uh, that that's a really important uh, skill to have, especially in this place. Observation. My second one is writing. And I go to schools and I tell young people every single time that I visit that actually their superpower is being able to write. And if they can write, then they can move people. If they can write, they can tell stories. If they can write, they're going to do really, really well in this world. And it's their superpower that lays latent inside them. Do you consider yourself to be an activist? Yeah, yeah, I am. Yeah. So what motivates you? What gets you out of bed in the morning? Um, <clears throat> hope, hope, hope for, hope for a better world, hope for a better yesterday, hope for um, what's to come, hope for the future of our country, hope for my son and the world that he's going to live in. Um, um, a mixture of hope and uh, my alarm clock. No, they get me out of bed. I like that idea of a, hoping for a better yesterday. Does that mean behaving well today so that it becomes a better yesterday? Uh, you know, we have up days and we have down days. And some days, you know, you just have a, a really shitty day. And you need to just give, you, give yourself some slack and just go, hey, today's a shitty day. I'm going to go to bed. I'm going to wake up tomorrow and tomorrow's going to be better. So what's the biggest challenge or opportunity you're looking forward to in the next year or two? Oh, I'm really looking forward to ushering this bill through the House. It's a rare opportunity as a, as a non-minister to be able to get a bit of legislation uh, debated in the House and, and through the political process, leading to a law change, uh, which is going to benefit New Zealanders. Uh, there are so many wins to this, and I'm, I'm just itching to get it on the road and, 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 start, and start on that journey of getting it through the House, because it is, it is a long process. And lastly, do you have any advice for our listeners? Get vaccinated. Please get vaccinated. Take every opportunity to because it's free and it will enable you to look after yourselves and look after your families. Uh, there are some regions around the country right now that aren't doing very well. And unfortunately, my crew back home in, uh, in the Bay of Plenty and the Wairiki actually doing that well especially amongst our Māori population. So um, go out there, please, and get vaccinated. Uh, it is the one thing that you can do for your friends and your whānau uh, to make sure that we are looking after ourselves the best that we can. Nobody likes restrictions. Nobody likes lockdowns. Uh, we all want that freedom that we used to enjoy to be able to go and see our friends and travel freely. Um, this is just for here and now. But uh, the more people that we get pushing this kind of anti-vax message out there, the longer that we're going to be in this situation, uh, the more hazard there is for them. I just want to finally just say that in the 1918 uh, influenza pandemic, hey Jack, um, in the 1918 uh, and 19 uh, influenza pandemic, uh, two and a half thousand Maori people died uh, of the flu back then. Uh, if you're cool with risking your chances and actually being one of those people, then you know by all means. Uh, but for everybody else, um, 
know that this isn't new. We've had pandemics before. People have died before. And if there's one thing that history tells us, it's not to repeat it. Uh, so don't repeat it. Um, go out there. Uh, look after your friends, your families, and your dogs as well. And if you are vaccinated, don't just be smug about it. Have that conversation. Have the conversation. Because as I said, you know, even people that oppose stuff that we're doing in select committee, actually sometimes there's something in what people are saying uh, that actually might might be quite easily solved. Or, you know, it, it, there might be something that they're just meaning to flesh out with somebody else, which might help them uh, to get over that line. But uh, just listening to the anti-vax messages that are coming in um, thick and fast from various people, um, you know, it gives me real cause for concern. So get vaccinated, protect your friends, protect your whanau. Thank you for that. Mawera. Tamati, um, you are amazing. Uh, that hasn't changed since the last interview or since the first day I met you. It is such a privilege to walk alongside you on your journey in, in this incredible uh, time of getting amazing things done. Thank you for everything that you do to support all of us. We appreciate you so much and don't stop doing it ever. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you both. Um, bye and bye, Jack. Thank you. Bye and bye. <laughs> We're going out to Rainbow Rosalind, a fairy and a pirate. Let me tell you the story of a fairy and a pirate. Oh, look, what beautiful flowers. Ah, oh, what disgusting ways. Ugly, horrible things. Goodness, good gracious. Mmm, they smell so delicious too. What an absolute pong. Scrub my poop deck. She was a fairy. He was a pirate. She said, why don't you come and play with me? I'll fly down to the rocky sea. She was a fairy. He was a pirate. I don't think so. See, pirates and fairies just can't be. Oh, the very next day the pirate was sailing on his ship when he heard a little voice from down yonder. He said, Who dares to enter? I'll throw you overboard. And the fairy flew up onto his shoulder. She said, Why don't you just take a chance? Teach me how to say it, I can teach you how to dance. We'll be the greatest friends that you ever did see. I told you once, I'll tell you twice, you can't be friends with me, me hearty. Oh, she was a fairy, he was a pirate. She said, Why don't you come and play with me? She was a fairy. He was a pirate. He said, I don't think so. See, pirates and fairies just can't be. Oh. Now the pirate heard a squeak and a squawk from up above. Get out of here, you scallywags. But when he looked up, he soon realised it wasn't a bird or a dove. Yes, the fairy was a sitting right on top of his sail, looking for hidden treasure. The X marked on the trail. 
guess that you can see a lot from up so high And I have always wanted to learn how to fly But I have a sword And I have wings And I have a patch for an eye So what are you saying? Is it a make or break? Arr, ye shall walk the plank She was a fairy. He was a pirate. She said, Why don't you come and play with me? I'm glad I do the rocky sea. She was a fairy. He was a pirate. He said, I don't think so. See, pirates and fairies just can't be. Oh, now the fairy was a crying, sitting on a rock. When from the water she heard a strange tick-tock, tick-tock A shark jumped up and the pirate squealed But the fairy swooped in in a beat Flying away with the pirate Just missing those big sharp teeth Well, I guess that you do really care Even though you waved your wand and gave me rainbow hair Yes, even though we're different, I suppose we can be friends. And so the journey started across the rainbow that never ends. And together they sailed the seven seas. And with the sprinkle of fairy dust, the pirate had new wings. And together they flew across the sky, bouncing on clouds, sliding down rainbows. Headed towards the second star to the right. Come on, everybody. Welcome to Neverland. You've been listening to Blowing Bubbles, positive conversations with people in their bubbles, their safe spaces around the world. Brought to you by the Sustainable Lens Team, which is brought to you by Otago Polytechnic. We're broadcast on Otago Access Radio every weekday afternoon at 3 and streamed and podcast on oar.org.nz. You can find us on Facebook and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We had a contribution today from Tahu McKenzie. I'm Tammy Manitoy's Bajanid and with Mawera Karatai in Fakatani and in Parliament Buildings, we've been joined by Tamati Coffee. That was Blowing Bubbles. We hope you enjoyed the show. This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air.